in the end of the day, you need to control the the minds of uh, the people that work for you, right? Uh, that are in the club or in in, in in the cult. You know, religious leaders do that. Uh, a, a large corporate company leaders uh, must do that. Uh, you know, if they want to reach their goals, this is. Uh, very accurate, I think. You said they would never hire me, and uh, you're, you're right. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Map It Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode four of our five-part series with Alan Jarrar from 50% Arabica, and we are causing all kinds of fantastically good trouble on the podcast so far. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> Don't you agree, Alan? <laughs> Yes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and cause a little bit more good trouble. Um, we're talking about coffee cults. And so I want to share my experience of being in a coffee cult very early on in my career in coffee. Um, I was a part of what is well documented in the Sydney coffee scene as a coffee cult. I'm not going to say the name of the company. Um, but this was a place where we were we were so controlled in this cult that we were not allowed to talk to customers uh, during service. We were not allowed to look at customers during service. We were not allowed to talk to each other. Um, if we talked to our teammates, uh, we were scalded in a, um, at the end of the shift by the owner. And if we didn't, for example, fold the napkins the right way from the top right corner to the bottom left corner, if we went in the opposite direction, we were yelled at. Um, and the crazy thing about this is, and I'm, I'm almost ashamed to admit this, but the idea of leaving this place gave me anxiety. Like not being a part, even though I knew I was being emotionally and in and like in in so many ways other than physically abused i knew that this was damaging me because this place was so well revered and so idolized in the coffee industry my ego could not even comprehend the idea of leaving because i would no longer be a part of the club and that's the definition of a cult, folks. Totally. And we would get told at the beginning of every single shift when we had our little huddle, we would get told the best baristas in this city are in this room right now. It was Sydney. You know, this is the coffee capital of the world for years at the time. And so we were getting pumped up by being told the best baristas in this city are in this room right now. And the property prices around this cafe were the highest in the suburb because they were around this cafe. People would come and like worship at our altar. Other baristas would walk into the cafe and bow down to us. They would literally bow down to us which is a really damaging thing to happen to you in the early years of your career because the regimented way that this place was structured then would lead you to treat people that way everywhere else that you worked after that. 
So I can really empathize with people who are a part of a coffee cult because the positives of being a part of a coffee cult, any kind of a cult, is that you belong somewhere and you feel, you feel safe no matter the dysfunction. It's a dysfunctional family, but you're a part of the club. And there are some seriously damaging things about being a part of that. Go ahead, Alan. I can see the thoughts written all over your face. <laughs> that was a pretty tough story to begin with. Uh, is this still going on or was it? It went on for over a decade. Like there are people who I, I saw every man I worked with cry. Every man, and I was, you know, it was 20 years ago. There weren't that many women in coffee in Sydney. And um, everyone I worked with was a man. And I saw every single one of them cry. And to answer your question, um, it went on for about another 10 years after that. And then the culture changed. And the funny thing was I went in there with one of my colleagues who I worked with at that place. And here's how long the dysfunction lasts. When we went in there and we saw that they were all like chatting with customers and laughing and having a great time, the way that you should be in a cafe, we thought that they were the ones that lost out. Like, you guys have it so easy compared to us. Like, back in the good old days, like, we're the OG, I almost said the name, um, company name Baristas. You guys don't know that, like, this, this whole brand was built on the old school method. And I, I walked away from that thinking, wow, that's really fucked up, Lee. Like... How could you think that these guys have it easy and and like as though they're less than because they didn't earn the right to say that they were the company name, baristas? But that's how long the programming goes. And it is programming. When you're it being is. told that you are the best baristas in the city and you are being told that this is the way that everything is done for a serious coffee company. And look, the coffee company ended up selling for over $100 million to a big corporate. And they built it up and built it. But at that time, we were one tiny shop. We were mm -hmm. one tiny shop. <clears throat> and it was a super dysfunctional place to work. And I know, well, I don't know, in my opinion, um, this is happening at a lot of places around the world where people are being convinced and brainwashed and, and um, I don't know, led to believe that the, that the place that they feel like they belong, but they know that they're not happy working there. They know they walk, they leave every day with this little voice in their head that says, this is not right. There's something not right here. But they can't leave because once you leave, you're out of that group and okay. you're no longer going to belong. And what happens then? And this is classic cult behavior. I've heard similar stories in uh, 
uh, about some uh, large coffee, commercial coffee companies uh, here in Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. One of my friends uh, left uh, a, a one Starbucks in, in Prague, one particular okay. one uh, for, you know, things like that, like being told uh, where, where you can stand, when you can talk, with who, what you can touch. Uh, it might be at least I, I never worked in a, in a corporate environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't. But that's last. how it was. In, that's that's from your opinion how it happened. I mean, this is coming from a friend who worked there. So, uh, in my opinion, I, I I have no reasons not to believe her. Okay. Uh, uh, so this is just a, a story. Uh, I feel like you should start memes now about in my opinion. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's, sorry go ahead so <laughs> oh dear um so i i never worked in in a, in a in a corporate environment where these things might i i wouldn't last a week you know i'm i, I i'm too stubborn and uh, uh feel independent uh mm-hmm. you know if i if i'm being told like exactly what I can and can't, I'm done there. But let me say something. They Mm -hmm. would never hire you because of that. And this is the other thing about cults, folks. They're predatory. They hire. I mean, I remember saying at the time when I was working there, do you guys get the feeling that the coffee industry attracts a certain kind of insecure person? And everyone that I was working with was like, no, no, no. But now years later, I have those conversations with them and they're coming to realize that we all worked for a cult. They they finally admit that they were also a part of this cult. And it wasn't that the coffee industry itself attracts a certain kind of insecure person. It's that these cults target in their interviewing the same way in my opinion, that sexual predators who run small businesses target people specifically, um, these people prey on people who have a certain kind of insecurity. And it's just, it's really damaging and it's important to keep an eye out for it. I mean, if, if you're running a large company that wants to, uh, whether it's coffee company or anything else uh, that has a very strong leadership, that wants to uh, kind of have everything under control, uh, whether it's for financial or business purposes. Uh, mm-hmm. But you need eventually, you need, in the end of the day, you need to control the the minds of uh, the people that work for you, right? Uh, that are in the club or in in, in in the cult. You know, religious leaders do that. Uh, a, a large corporate company leaders uh, must do that. Uh, you know, if they want to reach their goals, this is uh, very accurate. I think you said they would never hire me, and uh, you're you're right. Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. Uh, I've been to a few interviews, like this was before my coffee career, uh, 
I was a uh, everyone around me was telling me that I'm a gifted salesman that I should mm -hmm. do something with that skill because I can serve. You know, often people ask me in the, in the, in my coffee shop like what 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 coffee uh, sells the most from what do you have? We have let's say four coffees, mm -hmm. and I always ask the same the same thing. It's the coffee I want to sell that sells the most. Right. I, right. Because you know uh, something is roasted maybe in large quantities, and mm -hmm. I need to kind of push it, and it's all delicious. So uh, I don't care. I have my <laughs> strategy is how to manipulate, manipulate customers to buy what I <laughs> want them to buy. I think that makes you a gifted sales salesman in the end of the day. And they would never hire me because uh, I always felt like I'm an independent thinker. Mm -hmm. I, I like to question things and uh, uh, use critical thinking whenever I can. And uh, I was applying for Vodafone uh, as a salesman in one of the shops they were, they were opening in 2008 in, in Brno. And uh, it was a long interview day and uh, it was like a group of 18 of us. And uh, I ended up in, in the finals was starting at 8 a.m. and ending at 7.30 p.m. We were all kind of drained. Mm. And uh, it was between me and uh, one other other person. The last test was a face-to-face -face interview with uh, the managers of that uh, soon-to-be-opened shop. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were some tests like, you know, sell me a garlic ice cream. Okay. scenario and i would start like improvising you know because uh, no one wants to try garlic ice cream right so uh but yeah sell me that so it, it was fun uh it teach me a few things uh, it was very valuable uh that particular one day and uh, i ended up not being hired uh, i learned that uh, a week later when they uh, sent me and the other person the email and uh, uh, they talked a lot about that, which uh, was nice to get that feedback. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were like, um, yeah, it was a very tough decision between you two. Um, but w what I took from there, because it was a, a sentence that said something like, uh, um, uh, what's the word in, in English? Um, not like it, it. It felt like they're saying you're too bold or too independent. Okay. Uh, you know, too too much temperament. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, uh, it felt like they're choosing the other uh, person because I wouldn't be uh, the greatest fit. Even because the they couldn't control you. Uh, perhaps, perhaps uh, it felt like that. Uh, it uh, it wasn't negative certainly. I took that as, uh, as, a, as, a, as a positive and, uh, you know, I tried to use that since uh, I started uh, in coffee as a barista. And uh, eventually I ended up, uh, you know, co-owning a shop with my partner. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing I love about that, I love working in, uh, I enjoy working in large teams, but I love working alone mm -hmm. or in very very small team it gives me this kind of a sense of freedom uh that uh you know uh, oh, oh, yeah. over the over the years uh 
working in teams means you need to be aligned with uh, the values of the company or with the ownership and with the management and with the coffee shop or coffee company vision. But if you're creative, uh, it not the right. Uh, it wasn't the right thing for me because yeah, you know, I felt creative and my ideas were often like uh, pushed under the rug because uh, it wasn't, you know, that it's mm-hmm. not what we what we are looking for. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should, maybe maybe I should open my own shop where I would use actually the ideas I I have. Uh, and it, it was the best thing, uh, like you said in episode. Two, I think, uh, happy first year anniversary to your shop. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it, the business is getting better. We are kind of awesome. in the suburb area in Brno. So it's slow, but uh, people are, you know, the raising awareness about the shop. And uh, it's, it's been great to be there. Uh, so um, one thing I think, uh, in my opinion, um, kind of pushes <laughs> back uh when when uh, when you're part of uh, something very corporate, very mm-hmm. cultish in a way, uh, first thing that goes away is what I've noticed is critical thinking usually. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, not that the people who are in the cults or in in corporates that are that have very strong uh, leadership uh, don't have uh, critical thinking, not not that, but it kind of is you know, not used it, it, I think it's a muscle critical thinking is a muscle mm-hmm. the more you use it, the stronger it is uh, the less you use it uh, the weaker it is and uh, you can find yourself in a position where you completely forget about having that muscle mm. it can be a tragedy for a little while unless something happens and you kind of, you know, wake up uh, from that and start to use that muscle again. I mean, uh, one example, uh, I love, I like watching uh, coffee, coffee videos. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, whether they are educative or, or for fun, uh, I like to watch what others think because in the end of the day, everything I learned was uh, stolen from somewhere, someone else in my mm-hmm. career. You know, you learn bits and pieces here and there, and you kind of dovetail everything uh, together and then uh, make your own opinion or make mm-hmm. your own technique out of it. So, uh, uh, so nothing is really uh, uh, mine in that sense, but I adopted certain things from here and there over, over, over the years and uh, uh, that do- often doesn't really work in in uh, very strict environments where you need to follow only let's say only this recipe or only this liquor because it's a sponsored uh, brand for you know whatever maybe mm-hmm. a vodka or a, or a coffee liquor or whatever uh, or a certain sugar uh, so, uh, you know, uh, watching others uh, gives you a freedom of uh, wanting to, uh, you know, exploring. And uh, I remember I was watching Lan- one of the Lancers uh, videos, 
he has too many. I mean, they are all good. Uh, and uh, I, I turned on the comments and I was scrolling through and uh, I noticed a, a few few people were kind of in you know big disagreement with uh, not necessarily with the content of the video because it was good I think uh, but uh, with the personality and I was like okay, this is interesting you know what is that. Uh, mm. uh, so I started digging deeper a little, and I found a, a discussions on, on Reddit and uh, stuff like that, where you have subreddits that are just dedicated uh, to uh, talk negatively about someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it I can have be... been the subject of some of those <laughs> those subreddits, so I get it. It can be a, a famous coffee person, or a certain product, product. or a certain grinder. You know. Uh, uh, I, I've seen grinders like being totally uh, bashed, you know, on, on in mm -hmm. certain discussions, and he kind of formed that club somewhere on the internet. And it's kind of weirdly interesting how this dynamics uh, dynamics works. And I think on both of the sides of that uh, coffee opinion fence, there sometimes maybe lack of critical thinking i i in my it's opinion. group thinking right which is the opposite of it's group thinking yes it's a, yeah. it's a mob yeah. kind of mentality it's the opposite of critical thinking i've seen so many times i've seen people following a certain uh, a trend or recipe or a product just because a well-known uh brand said that or or right. a well-known individual oh you know it the pope said it it must be true right right it's dogma uh, I mean, okay. and everyone wants yeah. to jump on a bandwagon there's so many examples of this that happen in the coffee industry and in life but i wonder why we feel this need to participate i i Anyway, we're going to explore that and more in the final episode of this series, folks. Um, I'm sorry we went a little long on this episode. We hope you, you're finding this series engaging. Um, we certainly are, in our opinion. <laughs> you really do need to make a meme of it. But <laughs> well, join us for the last episode of this series. Peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.